Hello and welcome. You've tuned into the School of Ministry podcast. Paul is your Bible teacher today. He has years of experience as a pastor, seminary instructor, and more. Later, you will be given information how to reach us. If you have questions you would like addressed, let us know. Maybe you have a need in your life and want to know how the Bible gives answers that apply to us today. Feel free to contact us. Now enjoy the lesson. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask that you'll open them with me. Again, to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. We're going to try to get through. We're going to jump around Proverbs from chapter 1 through chapter 10. Uh, Last week, Father's Day, I didn't get to finish. So, part 2. Maybe part 3. No, no. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. I'd like to begin reading, though, in chapter 1, verse 8, and read through verse 19. My son, hear the instruction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother, for they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait to shed blood. Let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like Sheol, and whole like those who go down to the pit. We will find all kinds of precious possessions. We will fill our houses with spoil. Cast in your lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird, but they lie in wait for their own blood. They lurk secretly for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. It takes away the life of its owners. Last week we started in talking about the responsibilities of a father. And I am so thankful for my loving wife that we agreed before we married on how we were going to raise children if God blessed us with children. There were certain traits that we wanted not to use in raising our children and other traits that we wanted to use. So there were things and we talked about all of those. We had those things already in agreement and we knew that we would always be able to work hand in hand. And I would tell young people, and I would tell especially young couples when we're doing marriage counseling, I've always encouraged them, if you're going to be too lenient on your children, both of you be lenient. If you're going to be too strict, both of you be strict. Because otherwise, the one will run to the other. And if mom always gives in, I'm going to ask mom. If dad always gives in, let's ask dad. Because <laughs> kids are smart and they know how to work one against the other. But when the parents are together, and unified. They come and they say, hey dad, can I do this? Well, have you asked your mother? Well, mom said, because they know how to work one against the other. 
So I'm so glad that we have a lot of different listeners. I'm encouraging that even we that maybe as you're a grandfather or a great-grandfather or whatever it might be, or maybe you're looking forward to being a grandparent or you're looking forward to being a parent, that you use these things and teach them and share them. Even if we didn't do them, we want to share that with the next generation so that they'll do even better than we did. And hopefully you can look back and say, we did a great job. I look at my children and I see that they're doing a better job than we did. And I'm so thankful. I'm thankful that they saw things that, you know, maybe I didn't recognize flaws. And now they're doing better for their children. So Lord willing, even the grandchildren will do better in many of those cases. Because as we talked about, that it was a generation upon generation and how fathers affect generation upon generation. And our nation needs godly men because it's unfortunate that the role of a father has been systematically attacked for many, many years. We no longer live in the days of leave it to beaver when you could go to dad and you could ask dad and he had the right advice. Or... You know, Father Knows Best, all of those have systematically been attacked. That idea of a father that had great wisdom. But isn't it good to know that that wisdom isn't lost? It was written in a book. It's given to us right here so that we have these things available in God's Word and it's still just as pertinent, if not more pertinent. I hope that today you will see just how Pertinent for our day and age, this absolutely is. And of course, I believe that it's the plan for the Lord's New Testament churches that we train up our young people so that they're doing well, so that they do even better than we did. It's the responsibilities of our fathers to our sons particularly because we talked about that, that it will be the sons who will lead our daughters as they marry into a godly life. Well, when we faithfully teach our sons, teach them by precept, teach them by example, they're going to lead the women as well. And that's where in a nation where we have many, many godly fathers, it's going to impact a nation. And that's what we want. We want people that will be impacted under godliness, that will be impacted with the Word of God. And I want to tell you that from my own life, these things we endeavored to teach to our children. And if you endeavor to teach these to your sons or your grandsons or great-grandsons, they will be a blessing to you. They will rise up and they will be blessed by God. So if you want your son to be a blessing to you, to be blessed by God, to be a blessing to our culture, these ten lessons are absolutely true. Number one, we talked about, and let me just recap very quickly. Number one was to teach your son to fear the Lord. Teach them the attributes of God. Teach them who God is, what God is like, how God loves, how God has cared for you, what God would not want. Set a standard in your life that in your home, you can be like Joshua, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And you can set that standard and then live it and then do it. And if it's not good for your child, it has no place in your home. 
It's been the standard. If you have a G-rated home, you don't have to worry about it. It's all set. Then we set the example by worshiping the Lord faithfully in the Lord's day. We teach them how to trust God for everything. How not to lean on their own understanding, but lean on the Lord. I was remembering something that I was so proud of my son. He, just brag on him for a minute. Because here he was as a young man, and after a terrible car accident, he came into some money. And there was a dear sister in the church in Fresno that she couldn't get to church. She didn't have a car. My son didn't have a car. But he got this money and he said, Dad, would it be all right if we bought Sister So-and-So a car? That's what he wanted to do with this money that he got. He wanted it to be used so that someone else could come to church. Before he even thought about buying himself a car that he needed, because he kept using my car as a matter of fact, that was okay because his heart was pure. You see, when we teach our sons the attributes of God, when we teach them by example, when they see that, you know, everything belongs to God, He's the giver of all, it all belongs to Him, then it's easy, whatever we have at our hands, I'm going to give this back to the Lord. And it was a blessing to someone else. So teach him how to lean on God for total support. How to be aware of God's consistent presence in his life. And so if he lives that kind of trust, that kind of leaning, and that kind of acknowledging, that's the way his path is going to go. And I believe that when God is feared, so is sin. And that's what we talked about through Proverbs. Fearing God prolongs life. Fearing God is that kind of motivation that helps us to move away from sin and to live a rich, full life. Well, let's look at the second. We remember also the second lesson that we want to learn is to guard your mind. We need to teach our children to guard our mind. We went from chapter 3, verse 3, where it just begins to introduce the heart, that the heart has to be nurtured, the heart has to be cared for. We've got to guard our hearts. And that's one thing that we are responsible for as fathers to our children. To guard the mind of your child. Tremendous responsibility. Because I believe God's going to hold fathers accountable for what they've allowed into the lives of their children. For what we've allowed in. He says to in chapter 4 of Proverbs, verse 23, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow all the springs of life. So that's the great lesson that we want to do. We want to make sure that we are watching over and guarding our children's minds so that they can get to a place where they guard their own minds. Hi, let me interrupt for just a moment and update you with some information. You can now contact us at schoolofministryresources.org or biblelandmarks.com. We also now live stream services on landmarkstockton, all one word, dot com. Or you can see us on Facebook at Landmark Missionary Baptist Church of Stockton. We look forward to hearing from you. We would love to send you information. So thank you and back to our podcast. The third great lesson was to teach children to obey their parents. 
That's an important thing. We've had a couple of our grandchildren around and I've always tried to reinforce what our kids are going to do with the grandkids. I'm not going to let my grandchild get away with something that I know my kids don't want them to get away with because I want them to learn to obey their parents. I want them to learn that this is what their parents expect. And I'm so glad that that's the way our folks did. Our folks respected what Sylvia and I wanted to do in our home, and they did not do anything with our children that was opposite of that. And so it's a good lesson for us as a grandparent as well, and as parents, that we teach our sons and our children to obey the parents in the Lord. And I did say, and I fully believe in this, that a little paddle on the behind every so often, not to hurt the child, but to correct them, it gets their attention. I've told a lot of times about the belt that I had, and sometimes I just had to smack the, to pull that belt off and smack it, and that was enough. They were, oh no, <laughs> we did not have to, you didn't have to actually do it. They knew what that meant. They knew what was coming. All right, let's get into the fourth principle. The fourth principle is what we've just read here. Select your companions. Select your companions very, very well. A father has to teach his son how to select his companions. In my early life, throughout school, maybe I was just so rebellious, but I learned all of my bad habits from some of my friends. In school, how did I learn all kinds of these I don't want to go into all of them because there's so many of them. How did we learn all of those bad habits? Well, because a friend said, hey, you can do this or you can do that. Isn't that what we've just read here in Proverbs chapter 1? My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Don't go that way. What does the Apostle Paul say? He says, bad company corrupts good morals, right? Your children, believe me, cannot rise above their peers, their acquaintances, unless they are being influenced by godly parents. Bring godly people. If you want your child to be wise, let them walk with wise men. That's what Proverbs tells us. He who walks with wise men will be wise. The companion of fools is foolish. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. It has to be driven out of them. That's again what Proverbs says, to drive that foolishness away. Rarely does a child have the capability to elevate himself beyond his peer group and their functions. And you have to help them select and learn how to select the companions and not let the companions select them. That's an important lesson. If you go back and we look at this illustration, and I can think of so many illustrations how this is exactly so. Because he says in verse 10 of chapter 1, My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait to shed blood. Let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. You see, there are those in our society in our neighborhood, all around, that have gang mentality. Now, I've had a lot of experience with gang mentality, having been so long in prison and prison gangs. And I understand that that's the shot caller sends somebody out, and he's going to do a hit. They're going to kill someone. Sometimes young gang members, they want to make their bones. 
They want to show, maybe that's a Fresno term, they want to make their bones because of so many bulldogs. They wanted to make their bones, they wanted to show that they were good soldiers for the gang. And the reason that what they would do is they would go out and kill someone just to show they could do it. Now, in your Christian mindset, we cannot comprehend how that come about. But look at, that's what Proverbs says that happened it's not new to our day and age. It's not only in this time. It's happened for generations and years go back. The enticements can be pretty strong. So fathers, we have a tremendous task. But I'll tell you what, when you tell your children how to select their friends, how to watch over these things, it will keep them from inflicting life trauma on someone else and for their own lives being affected. Because what happens when a young man takes another man's life? Always got to run. He's always got to be afraid. It compounds whether he gets involved in the criminal justice system. How sad. So what does he say in chapter 2, verse 11? The father who will teach his son how to be delivered from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things. You don't want to walk around those kind of people. It's true that we as, as young men, you've got to watch, watch out who you even get around, who influences you. You have to be aware of who is bringing influences into your path. I knew so many in the prison again, but it happens throughout society who want to turn out young men. I think you understand what I'm talking about. They want to turn them to a homosexual lifestyle. They have no inclination, but they are being enticed, being sucked into this whole lifestyle. That's why we need to be delivering our children, our young people, from those who will cause them to go off into perverse things. And that's why he says, we don't want to be around those kind of people from those who leave the paths of righteousness to walk in the ways of darkness. We want to teach our children, there are some that you just need to avoid. And if you can influence that person to bring them to Christ, wonderful. But if they begin to influence you, watch out. Watch out. Run away. These, it says in Proverbs 18.24, who delight in doing evil and rejoice in the perversity of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. A man of many friends comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer to a brother. That's an interesting verse. It's kind of interesting because we're living in a day and age where we might have a lot of friends. And I'm not talking about Facebook friends. I'm talking about companions, friends. And here in 1824 where he talks about a man with many friends comes to ruin. Interesting. But there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. The Hebrew says a man of many friends, Ria, comes to ruin. But there is a Havav, a Havav, who sticks closer to a brother. So he uses two different words for friends there. And it's, sometimes it's hard for us to grab that. But there's somebody that if you have just so many friends, they begin to lead you away. But there is the right kind of friend. Better you should have a deep friend, a, a Havav, a loving friend who's loyal, who's honest, who's uplifting, who's going to hold you accountable, who holds you up. You see, in your life, you can have maybe possibly three types of people in your life. People that love you, 
that pour into your life, that are a blessing to you. Very important people, those VIPs. You may have very nice people around you as well. They're acquaintances, but you don't have that close contact. And then we see that Proverbs says there are those people you should avoid at all costs. Those who would lead you astray. Those who would lead you off into perversity. Those who would lead you off into violence. Those who would teach you how to do whatever it might be. I know, I learned really the ways to drink in high school from some friends. I learned how to smoke pot from some friends. I learned how to take drugs from some friends. Now, that was within me. It's not their fault. I wanted to go after those things. But if I'd had a close godly friend or a father who had taught, this is where that's going to lead you. This is what that's going to do to you. This is how it will impact your life. And you will come to a shortened life. It's interesting, however, that we all can have lots of buddies, lots of acquaintances. But in the time of trouble, we have someone that we call on. Better to have one or two, a very few of the right kind of friendships than the wrong kind. Fathers, we have the responsibility to God to train our children learning how to choose their companions. That's what Father's Day is about. Son, fear your God. Guard your mind. Obey your parents. Select your companions. Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the message. If you want to hear Paul in person and are in the Stockton, California area, we invite you to join us at Landmark Missionary Baptist Church, 301 East Alpine Avenue. That's near the University of the Pacific. He brings the Bible message every Sunday at 11 a.m. and other times as listed. We trust you've been encouraged, challenged, or generally built up spiritually. If this lesson has sparked questions on this or other topics, please see our contact information in the description or email us at scl.com of ministry at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.